What's up, everybody, and welcome to Limitless Podcast. My name is Brad Greathouse, and I'm ready to get into this thing. This is my first attempt at a podcast, and I want to do it about sports because there's nothing I love more. Um, Sports are really important to me specifically because they are basically an escape from reality, and I don't like to get too political, but... Just look around, and our reality is not so great right now. So this is what I'm here to talk about. I'm here to talk about sports. I'm from Ohio, so I like to talk Indians, Cavs, Browns, Buckeyes, all that good stuff. But you know the name of the podcast, Limitless. I'm not limited to those teams. I like all sports, all cities. I'll talk about anything. So, yeah. I listen to podcasts every day at work, and uh, I decided, why not? I did tons of research on what I needed, what I needed to know, spent many nights until 4 a.m. figuring it all out, and it's, I've come a long way, and I'm, I'm finally ready to just get this out there, and I hope, I hope that if you're listening to this, I hope you really enjoy this. So yeah. Um, I wanted to start off in the NFL, of course, because that's that time of year. Uh, my Browns. It's probably been the most historically bad start to an NFL season any team has ever endured. But we're kind of used to that here, so it's almost like reality television, or watching a train wreck, you just can't stop every week, every day. It's it's something new, really. I mean, uh, it's it's all right though because there's always next year, right? That's that's what we always say. But if you just if you think about the types of things that have gone on in just three short weeks, it's insane what this team has had to deal with. RG three going down game one. Josh McCown going down game two. Oh, my God. And then Carl Nassib, Cam Irving, two rookies that are trying to learn every day. They go out. One gets hospitalized. The other one's going to have to club up his hand and play later on in the season. Our veteran Joe Hayden, he has to sit out, claims he hates it. Had a good game a week ago, two weeks ago, but... I'd like to see a little more out of him, and I hope he can come out this coming week. And then our beloved rookie, Corey Coleman, our wide receiver, breaks his hand in a fluke accident in practice. And when I got the notification for that, that was the tipping point for me. I sat in my car on my lunch break, and I just screamed. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't... I'm not expecting anything out of this team. The only thing I want is to see these rookies go out there and put up some effort. And you can't do that when you break your hand. His hand got stomped on. Whoever stomped on Corey Coleman's hand, cut him. Get rid of him. They're stupid. This is ridiculous. But aside from all of that, we go out and we play the Dolphins week three. We bring in this supposed great kicker and he misses three field goals we could have beat the Dolphins and at this point I don't even know if I want wins because the Chicago Bears are doing so bad it looks like they're gonna get the first overall pick I kind of want that so like I said I'm not here for wins I'm here to see growth 2017 is is the year that I'd like to see everything come together I'd like to see our rookies from this year they have grown. I would hope they would have grown by now. But I'll tell you what's what's the most disappointing to see so far is Carson Wentz, how great he's been. And it's been three weeks now, and every Browns fan has put in their two cents about this kid, and everyone's pissed off, and they just 
can't wrap their minds around what goes on upstairs for the Browns organization. But I don't, I mean, it is what it is. I'm not going to sit here and complain about it every week. I'm not only a Browns fan, but I'm a fan of football in general. And it's good to see a kid like him go out there and succeed like this. Of course, it makes me a little bit angry because that he should be succeeding in the city of Cleveland. But it is what it is at this point, and there's no reason to be upset about it anymore. Um, I mean, we have to move on. We need to worry about our guys and stop comparing all season long. Uh, we hope to get Josh Gordon back after this Sunday, but he has off-the-field problems. He can't show up to court. He claims that after many subpoenas in the mail that oh, he just slipped his mind. He didn't know. He hasn't He hasn't heard about it. And that's complete bullshit because reports have come out where the team has been notified about these types of things. He has been notified. You can, I mean, there's, there's no reason to be hiding from something like this. I think I never really explained what was going on, but if for some reason you don't know, he is supposed to show up to take a DNA test to see if he's the father of this child, but has ignored that, and now he is in some deep shit because he thinks he's too good for that, which I don't really understand. But aside from all that, I hope he comes back. I hope that when he takes his drug test that everything's okay because you can only give a player so many chances. And God, he's had all of them. And it, it, it doesn't look good for him, but I'm hoping that he can come back. Because if he can come back, he can glue this offense together. It doesn't matter if broken back Tony Romo's throwing Josh Gordon the ball. He's going to catch it. He's going to make big plays. Shit, he made Brandon Whedon look like a pro bowler, and God knows how difficult that is. But, I, I mean, I know they say the more talented you are, the more breaks you get, and I hope that he's finally learned. I've heard that he's been doing everything he needs to do around the facilities because Roger Goodell has given him this special service that the team has requested and I'm really hoping he just doesn't blow it but you can't keep your hopes too high. Uh, something else I heard today the Browns giving up a first round pick for Garoppolo but I don't think this is something that's feasible. I don't think this is going to ever happen. First of all how much longer does Tom Brady actually have in this league? I mean, I'm, he's going to be, what, 40-41 by next season? I mean, by the way, they don't need him. I mean, you could throw a potato out and put a jersey on it, and Bill Belichick, the greatest coach of all time, is going to figure out how to score touchdowns with it. I mean, what we've seen so far through three games, the Patriots look real tough. And I don't think that Bill would be willing to separate from Garoppolo. I think he's important for the future of this team. And even if he was interested, I don't necessarily want beat-up quarterbacks at this point. The re-risk excuse me, the, the risk for re-injuring when we have the offensive line that we do, I mean, it's I need, I need somebody fresh, I think, and whether that's Deshaun Watson or Deshaun Kaiser, I don't know. I, it's too early in the college football season to see, but I'm really hoping that, A, as much as I'd like to see this team succeed, I really want them to get that number one pick. I really I need the Browns to keep Hugh Jackson for multiple years. We can't give up on this guy. And I mean, one win I'd be happy with at this point. 
and that's saying a lot. But it's it. I mean, truthfully, one win that would make me happy. Seeing these guys go out there and put up a fight every time, I can't. I can't get mad at that anymore. I'm not mad at the Browns. Uh, moving away from the Browns, this matchup last Sunday with the Giants and the Redskins. Aside from the final score or any of that, seeing the how Odell Beckham Jr. acts is ridiculous. He's such a whiny bitch. And I like Odell. I really do. I like what he's brought to the NFL. He's the face of the NFL. But you're a grown man. Stop punching kicking nets. Because they're punching you back and you look like a dumbass. And I'm not going to sit here and ridicule him for crying on the sidelines. Because that's that's important. That's hard. I mean, yeah, it's 2016. You're going you're gonna to cry. It's going to be on the internet. And you're going to get made fun of for weeks to come. But that's on you. And I'm not going to sit here and demonize somebody because of that. Because that shows that he cares in the slightest. But... I think he cares about himself way too much. I don't think... This isn't the Giants out here. This is the Odell Beckham Jr. show. And I truly believe that. If he wants to take his game to the next level, he has some maturing to do. He needs to stop acting like every ball. He's just like... Excuse me. He's just like Des Bryant in the sense that every ball needs to come to him. Don't get me wrong. He's a spectacular talent. And the ball should come to him. But quarterbacks aren't perfect. They have three other guys they're looking downfield at. And you do have Josh Norman covering you, and he did make good plays. Yeah, Eli's going to make mistakes, but that doesn't call for you to go to the sidelines and act like a jackass. Um, Something else I heard a lot this past week was the problems in Charlotte, North Carolina, and how they're somehow linked with the way the Panthers played. And I'd like to call bullshit on that because I and I completely understand what's going on there, but I don't necessarily see how one meets the other. I just I'd like to think that the Panthers just aren't that good, and I may that might be an unpopular opinion, but they're not looking so hot. I personally think that Cam Newton is has been a, a different Cam Newton since last year's Super Bowl. I haven't seen anything different. I think he's still beat up and hurt mentally, physically, all of it. And until he can prove me wrong, I'm going to continue to think that he's he's not 100%. More mentally than physically. And this this isn't me making excuses for Cam Newton because... He is one of the most athletic people to come into the NFL in the last decade. But if he wants to be considered elite in Tier 1, he needs to get it together because it's not looking pretty. Only throwing the ball to Kelvin Benjamin, your supposed number one receiver, one time. No catches. I mean, what are you doing? I understand you just played Minnesota, one of the most punishing defenses in the league, but play a little better is all I'm saying. Somebody that also needs to do better by just shutting his mouth for once in his life, Jerry Jones. There's something seriously wrong with this man. He needs to worry about his money, and that's it. That's all he cares about. He doesn't give a rat's ass about these players. He doesn't care. Truly, he doesn't. But the media, they like to ask questions. And they sure like to get his opinion on everything as if it matters. The dude doesn't know anything but green. And that's that's fact. He's out here saying, oh, as soon as Tony Romo's healthy, he's back. This is Romo's team. That's not your call, man. That's Jason Garrett's call. He's the one down there working with them every single day, seeing how Tony's getting back, and seeing how Dak's playing. You don't get to say whether or not Joe Schmo gets to play in the game. You worry about the money, 
You worry about Jerry's world. You make sure everything's working. And make sure your money's right. That's that's all you give a shit about. You made that very clear in your comments. Most recently about Des Bryant talking about his MRIs and this and that. Just shut up. You're making yourself look like an idiot more than you already have. But I don't know. I mean, Dallas is... Dallas is Dallas. The supposed Americans team, America's team. I, I and if you're listening to this and you're a Dallas Cowboys fan, by all means, like they're an exciting team and franchise, but they're cursed just as much as Cleveland, and I truly believe that. They're just their team's full of a bunch of boneheads. They're they're 53 Josh Gordons on steroids, basically. I mean, oh my lord. And that's another thing. I don't understand what is wrong with these NFL players. There are people that are dying. Blood, sweat, and tears given to the game. Hoping to even have the slimmest chance. Did I just make up a word? Slimmest? Most slim? I don't know. Anyway, a slim chance to get into the NFL. And these dudes are pissing it away because, Oh, I want to party with Johnny Manziel. No, Johnny Manziel is a dumbass. I don't know. And Austin Safarian Jenkins gets a DUI cut from the team immediately. An hour after reports come out. Dude, what are you thinking? How much does an Uber cost? 20 bucks? Your first one's free if you know somebody, and I'm willing to bet you do. It's crazy. Drinking and driving in general. But you have millions of dollars. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. What are you doing? You have a reputation. And I get it. These guys these guys want to play sports. They don't want to be role models. But unfortunately, when you're in the National Football League, that's what you signed up for. That's what you signed your name on a piece of paper that you didn't fully read. You signed up to be in the spotlight and to be important to kids and not make these types of mistakes and to act like... A civilized human being and an adult but some of these kids they just don't get it and I and I hate that oh they're just kids no no just because you're under the age of 25 doesn't mean you get to make dumbass decisions week in and week out I don't know I just know if if I was given an opportunity like that I would be busting my ass every day to be the best that I can be on and off the field. And then flourish with that. The better you are, the more money you make. The more fun you can have. But have responsible fun. And I'm not here to point fingers. And say that I'm better than anybody else. Or to be the fun sucker. But come on. I'm not the only one out here. That understands what a gift it is to be a pro athlete. Like I said. Week 3 done in the books most recent game ending is the Falcons Saints game and I think just about everybody in America that was watching flipped over to the debate at some point because it's the Saints their defense is atrocious the Browns come out and give more effort on defense with eight rookies on the defense on the field at one time than the Saints do but that's another story for another day. But, uh, yeah, that game was, I mean, yes, it's an offensive fight, and we all knew that was going to happen, but Monday night needs to step it up here and there. Anyway, three weeks in the books, and I wanted to bring up some underwhelming and impressive teams after these three weeks. The most underwhelming team for me, honestly, and this is what this was one of my Super Bowl picks, and I'm upset, and they have let me down two weeks out of the three. The Cardinals. I'll tell you what. I watched this this series on Amazon Video called All or Nothing, and it's basically like Hard Knocks. It's a NFL documentary with NFL films. That shit was fan. Fantastic. I watched it before the season started. Basically, 
it it came out in 2016 and it covered the entire 2015-2016 season. And oh my god. It goes behind the scenes at on the practice field, in the in the locker room, in the media room, everything. God, it got me so pumped up for this year and it that last month but before the season started and that shitty four preseason games, man, it really just tied me in. And I already liked the Cardinals. Like, Larry Fitzgerald will forever be one of my favorite players. He's just, his story is incredible. But there's some guys on this team. David Johnson, whoa, what an animal. What an animal. Wish I could have picked him up on fantasy. Still having regrets about Todd Gurley, but... Todd Gurley had at least a decent game this last Sunday, but he's been a disappointment, kind of like the entire Rams organization. But what, they have two wins now? Technically tied for first in the division with the Seahawks, and the Seahawks have been playing pretty shitty. But uh, I'll get to that in a moment. But anyway, the Cardinals... Playing the Patriots week one, that was the game, the entire offseason, that people said the Patriots weren't going to win. That was the one. And who comes out? Jimmy G. Jimmy Garoppolo. And makes the Cardinals look like a Division II team. I mean, what in the hell happened that game? Nobody was prepared. And I, I'm a firm believer that when teams think that, hear all this speculation about, oh man, they have nobody, they're so depleted and this and that. That's that's the way they treat their opponents, and you can never let your guard down. I'm a Cavs fan, and before LeBron ever left, we lost every damn game to the Charlotte Bobcats, whose best player was Gerald Wallace at one point. God, Gerald Wallace, and we we lost every single one. Because we came out and we played like dumbasses thinking that we were going to beat these kids. But we lost every single time. I had stopped watching Bobcats game because I knew how they were going to end up. You can't lollygag against your opponent. You really just can't. You. It's 16 games. You don't, you don't get to just act like it doesn't matter. You need to come out and you need to play your ass off. And I'm not going to talk about... Yes, I am. I am going to talk about Carson Palmer. What an atrocious game last game. What, four interceptions? Really glad he's my starting quarterback in fantasy. And yeah, I'm going to talk about my fantasy team. Because I am kicking ass and taking names, but I'm playing the kid who's putting up 30 million points every week. I have the highest points through three weeks, but I'm playing these people. Oh my God, it's just... It's luck. It is what it is. My team's great, but I started Gronk, the the blocking machine Gronk, for this last week. Really excited. He had zero targets. Oh, but that is, I mean, it is what it is. But anyway, back to the Cardinals. Terrible, terrible. And like I already touched on a little bit, the Panthers are extremely underwhelming as well. I like Cam Newton, really, I do. He's he's the face of the NFL. And I, I, I just wish... He's so electrifying, and he's so fun to watch. And everybody's excuse last year for the Super Bowl, oh, no Kelvin Benjamin, oh, no way. I mean, if they had them, whew, that would have been a great Super Bowl. No, it's not looking like it. It's not looking like he even knows Kelvin Benjamin's back because he closed his eyes and threw the ball to him one time last week. I think it's I think it's time for Cam Newton to rip his head out of his ass and start playing some football. And I think he's a little shell-shocked. I, I really do. I think that every time he snaps back, he sees Von Miller. We've all seen that Kevin Durant dream where he wakes up in a cold sweat losing a game, and I think every time 
Cam opens his eyes. Von Miller's swiping the ball out of his hands, and he's just sitting there watching the ball fumble away. I don't know. It's just, come on. Come on. Get better. You're better. You're better than that. My third and final underwhelming team. I'm not going to talk about the Browns. They're not underwhelming. Nobody expected them to do well. But the the Seahawks. And I, I've heard people put Seahawks fifth in their power rankings. Yes, I get it. They're two and one. But where the hell have they been? Ever since Beast Mode has retired, this team, man, it is not the same. It's not. And it's sad because talk about fun to watch. Defense elite. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they're not they're not letting anybody score. But what in the hell are you losing to the Rams for? What? I understand the Dolphins roughed up Russell Wilson, and he's got to work through that. And I, I don't think they'll, they'll get it together. But for me right now, it's not the same, and it, does, it, it feels like a fluke. They have talent. They really do. They're going to get this running game under control. And they do have Russell Wilson and Doug Baldwin. And I'm not worried about the defense. The defense will show up game in and game out, just like the Vikings. But, man, they really got to score some touchdowns and play like they give a shit. Because right now it's pretty suspect. But moving to impressive teams, like I just said, the Vikings. What a story. Teddy Bridgewater goes down, shocks the NFL. I don't think anybody was like, oh, hell yeah. No, nobody likes to see anybody get hurt, especially a guy like Teddy Bridgewater who's just trying to make a name for himself for this franchise. And I I hate to say this, but it's kind of been a blessing for this team. I, I personally was never too fond of Teddy Bridgewater. I would have liked to see what happened, but... To get a guy like Sam Bradford into this organization, I think that's the best thing for them. Teddy isn't going to sling it down the field. And he's basically a glorified guy to hand off the ball to Adrian Peterson. And guess what? Can't be doing that anymore right now either. And again, I don't think this is the worst case scenario for the Vikings. They are so lucky to have the defense that they do where the defense can score 21 points in one game and the offense doesn't need to do anything. And that's just unheard of. This defense, best defense in the league, in my opinion. Disagree with me? Go ahead. Talk about your team, how great they are. This is my opinion. The Vikings' defense is elite. I think the offensive line could use some work. Um, they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to figure this out. I mean, Diggs. They're wide out, Diggs. Woo! That boy can play. And Sam Bradford, he's slinging that ball. He's finding these guys. Moving on to the Broncos. Simeon, what in the? Who ever thought? And, you know. As soon as I heard that that's who the starter was going to be and they move Mark Sanchez and everyone's like, oh, what a joke Mark Sanchez is, butt fumble, blah, blah, blah. I was always, I, I know they had to have seen something in this guy to have picked him and everyone's saying, oh, better than the depleted Peyton Manning from last year. Yeah, well, I know your defense, man, did I just say the Vikings have the best defense? This is, this is where... The NFL is so great. These two teams back-to-back that I'm talking about, I just completely forgot about the Broncos' defense. Oh, my God. That's what I want to see. I just want to see the Vikings' defense and the Broncos' defense go head-to-head and just smack each other in the mouth and see who's surviving at the end of it. It's incredible. These guys are incredible. Von Miller is worth every penny that he's paid and more. That's the dude you want on your team. It's, it's. I mean, no disrespect to J.J. Watt. And yes, he has been put on the IR. 
and I hope that he has a speedy recovery. I, it's not going to be speedy in the slightest, but I hope that he can get it together and return to the field because J.J. Watt is explosive. He's the, def the defensive player of the year, what, three times now? And it's, it's sad. A back injury is nothing to joke about, but I don't know. Von Miller, though, God. That's the guy I want on my team. J.J. Watt is great, but I want Von Miller. I really do. If I could pick any defensive player, put him on my team tomorrow. But anyway, the Broncos are incredible. The defense is always there to pick the offense up. But Simeon had a great game. What? Four touchdowns? I, I don't remember. I don't get to watch Sunday games, which sucks for me. I work on Sundays from freaking 9 in the morning to 7 at night, so I literally only get to catch the Sunday night game. But I try to get home and watch film on every good game and catch the recaps and try to be as statistically accurate as possible for you guys because this, like, this podcast is really important to me. I love sports, and I eat sleep, breathe, sports, and football is back. We're three weeks in. This is great. But if I'm ever wrong, please just tell me I'm an idiot. Correct me. It's 2.30 a.m. right now, and I'm trying to knock this first podcast out. And I'm excited, and I, I, I'm getting off topic. I'm going to pull it back in. Broncos, Vikings, both impressive. Patriots, what? And I already touched on this. A little bit, but almost Browns-esque in how these quarterbacks. Yeah, Tom Brady out four games. Garoppolo comes in. Miami takes out takes out his shoulder. Jacoby Brissett, this true rookie, comes in. Oh my God! Rushing for touchdowns, heaving the ball down the field. And Julian Edelman, shout out to Kent State for breeding that man because he's an animal. He's one of the most explosive players to ever touch an NFL field. He can do it all, really. He can. Speaking of do it all, Terrell Pryor, whoa. Whoa. Unfortunately, I think that Terrell Pryor had his first and last game like that because I don't think any defense is going to allow anything similar to what they saw. In week three. But anyway, Julian Edelman is a beast. And the Patriots, they're already talking 16-0? and 0? What? Yes or no? No. If I'm voting on if a team, any team is going 16-0, and 0, I don't, I don't think. It's 16 weeks, man. Shit happens. Matchups. Bill Belichick is an absolute genius, but I don't see it happening again. They're gonna, they're gonna go deep into the playoffs, and I hope they do well. I mean, I'm not a Patriots fan, but what a story that would be. An even better story is the Eagles, Carson Wentz. What an animal! And like I said, I'm a Browns fan. Should be real pissed, but I'm not. This is good to see. And it sucks for me because I'm friends with Eagles fans and they're already rubbing it in our faces like I give a shit at this point. I'm totally desensitized to what anybody has to say about the Cleveland Browns. Like, please, tell me something I haven't heard before. I, that's, I I don't, it, it doesn't affect me at this point. I, I'm living in the city of champions. What's your NBA team? Because we're the we're the defending champions. Let that sink in. I'm still on, I'm on cloud nine still from that shit. Well, we're we're a week away from the preseason, and I do not want this season to start. I I want to bask in the glory of this championship, and I can't wait for that banner to come down. And here I am off topic again, but this is why I named this Limitless Podcast because. There is no limit. I'm going to get off on tangents. I'm going to be talking about all sorts of dumb shit. But that's that's what it's all about. 
Sports, the sports worlds unite and connect all the time. But anyway, like I was saying, back on topic, the Eagles, their defense is great. Carson Wentz looks like a seasoned veteran out there, just heaving the ball, putting it into tight pockets, and making his receivers look like pro bowlers. And I mean, what the kid is on a date with his girlfriend. And he's on his phone watching film under the table. That that's a true quarterback. That's a you you got a kid who cares, and that's what you need. And his coach Doug Peterson, he's comparing him to Peyton Manning and most recently Brett Favre. I mean, let's take it easy. I I understand putting confidence behind your quarterback is it's it's, it's important. But let's let's slow down a little bit. And I was one of those people like, oh, you play the Browns and you play the Bears. Let's see you get whomped by the Steelers. Oh, my God. Was I wrong? Were we all wrong? And I'm glad I was wrong. Watching the Steelers get an ass whooping like that. Woo! I, I'd like to see that 15 more times. Ooh, I really would. That doesn't get old. And then Ben Roethlisberger has the balls to talk about how the Browns slept on him. Oh my god, Ben, take a seat. Take a seat, Ben. But anyway, moving on. I didn't research this much, but something just popped into my head a couple days ago about the MVP award. It seems like, and and like I said, I didn't research, so I don't know for sure, but I feel like Every year, it's been a quarterback. And why have an MVP award? Just have like a quarterback of the year award. I don't think that's really fair. I get like Super Bowl MVP, Von Miller won. That's that's the way it should be. Like it shouldn't always be a quarterback. I, in my opinion, the quarterback touches the ball every play. He heaves the ball down the field. He's going to accumulate all these yards and attempts and everything and I mean it's I don't I don't get it I don't get the MVP award I wish that it could be dispersed more evenly or just get rid of it that's just my opinion but anyway I want to talk about this new Thursday night football on Twitter this shit is amazing I am so lazy on Thursdays I have Thursdays off, and I do a bunch of shit during the day, and come Thursday night, I'm ready to watch football, and I can watch it on anything. Twitter is live streaming every week, and it's so nice. Watch it on, somehow I ended up with NFL Network through Time Warner Cable, that's the best thing that's ever happened to me, holy shit, I've never had that before, that's like having an NBA League Pass, but on steroids. Yeah, real excited about that. But anyway, Thursday Night Football on Twitter. It's great. I get tired at like 11. These games don't end until freaking 7 a.m. it feels like. But I literally pop open my Twitter app, type in Thursday Night Football, and boom. You're watching in 1080p. Oh, it's so convenient so great. I hope they can start doing this with all the primetime games because it's one of the smartest things. I mean, Twitter, I love it. It's good shit. Um, this Thursday night is the Dolphins at the Bengals, and that should be an interesting game. Um, I like Cincy in this game. I really do. Uh, this is a bounce back game for them when they got tore up by the Broncos. And considering the Dolphins should have lost to the Browns this past week. I really like Cincinnati's chances. A.J. Green's going to need to find a way to get into the end zone this week. And I think Jeremy Hill's going to have a big day as far as receiving goes. I think the uh, front line for Miami is going to make it really difficult for Cincy to run. And I think Jeremy Hill's going to pop out to the flats and run it down the field. So that's what I'm looking for. And I really hope that Cincinnati walks away with this win because I I don't like Miami. I don't think I ever will. I certainly don't like Sue. He's one of the dirtiest players in the league. But 
Yeah, I, I think Cincinnati's going to come back and put up a good fight and look like a decent team again. Because, I personally, I don't understand why people ever picked Cincinnati over the Broncos anyway. I didn't see that as a good matchup for them. But, hey, to each his own, I guess. Uh, another game I'm looking at this week is the Sunday night game, the Chiefs at the Steelers. This is going to be a high-scoring game, I think. Uh, the Steelers are pissed. Carson Wentz made him look like idiots. And I think that how pissed off they are is going to show up in the scoring box. I, this offense, I think, is going to show up and show out. But I think Marcus Peters is going to give Ben Roethlisberger some fits and maybe stop Antonio Brown from playing to his fullest ability. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, I don't see the Steelers losing two games in a row. I really don't. So I like the Steelers there. And this is my favorite game of the week. The Monday night game. Uh, Giants at Vikings. This should be an interesting one. With uh, the Giants basically having no ground game. And I think Minnesota is going to eat the Giants up and take advantage of these running back issues. And it's going to be a tough day in the air for Eli again. And he's going to have to keep rifling it in and looking for Odell. I mean, the Giants made a, a bunch of great moves in the offseason for this defense, but I, I don't think it's going to be enough to fight off the Vikings. And I could easily see the Vikings D picking apart Eli and possibly having multiple scores early in this game and just... Oh God, I can't wait to see what Odell does. What what inanimate object is he going to fight this week? I mean, he's probably going to smash his freaking hair through a, an iPad on the sidelines. <laughs> what a fool. Come on, dude. You That was the best thing I've seen this last week, though, was <laughs> a kicking that just jaw jock Odell right in the face. And watching his hair bounce around. What a fucking idiot. <laughs> anyway. I like the Vikings there. And a little segue into college football. And by segue, I mean no segue at all. We're just going to start talking about college football. God, we're five, what, week five approaching? And it's been a good one. It's been a good season so far. I mean, Jim Harbaugh... Been sneaking in boogers. Been snacking on his own boogers. Gotta love that. Ohio State's Noah Brown catching not only the football, but his defender for a touchdown. Probably one of the best catches I've seen in a long time. Might be the play of the season. Lamar Jackson pulling pulling away early in this Heisman race. Lamar Jackson, what a quarterback he is. Quarterback, wide receiver, running back. He's every damn thing. He might, he might as well throw the ball down the field, go run down there and catch it the way he's playing. And I, and I hope that doesn't stop seeing a guy like that play well. and it, It's amazing, but on the flip side, LSU's not looking too hot, and I, I love that. I'm, I hate LSU. I don't know what it is. I, truly, I don't. I, I don't have any reason for hating LSU, but I, I, I always have. Fournette's fun to watch. He's he's not been nearly as good as he has in the past, but I don't know. Les Miles had a, a great record there, but these early losses are just, they're not going to cut it in a school like this, and they'll turn it around eventually. It, it, it's a great storyline, but yeah, I don't really care for LSU. don't really care if they do ever figure it out, but it is what it is. And we have a bunch of great games coming up this week. Um, there's three I'm looking at, most importantly. First being uh, number seven, Stanford at 10, Washington. That's going to be a great game. Uh, a little Big Ten matchup. Number eight, Wisconsin at number four, Michigan. That's, I'm really, I don't, I don't know about that game. 
Wisconsin just beat the living hell out of Michigan State, and that was supposed to be a close game. But Michigan looks really good this year, and they're not turning the ball over. They're not making mistakes. And then there's Wisconsin forcing mistakes. So I don't know. I'm I'm not going to even go out on a limb and pick anybody in this game. I'm just going to sit back and watch how it plays out, and I'm excited because this is going to shake up the standings immensely, and we'll see. But my favorite game is the the Louisville-Clemson game. Clemson has been less than impressive, I'd say. Deshaun Watson, that's who I wanted Cleveland to pick up, but I don't know after the way he started this year. I guess we'll see. I'm rooting for Louisville. I, I think they're great. Lamar Jackson's an animal, as I said, and they're just explosive. The the amount of touchdowns they can score. I don't think it's going to be as easy as the other games for Louisville, but I think it's going to be a great game. I'm excited. This college season has been great, and it's not going to slow down anytime soon. I'm an Ohio State fan. They're they're playing lights out. Just got through a bye week, so I'm excited to see them come back out and uh, play Rutgers. That should be a bloodbath, I'm hoping. And this, I don't know, Ohio State is just nasty, man. They're firing on all cylinders. The way they just smacked Oklahoma in the mouth. Ooh, that was dirty. Moving on to baseball, everybody's favorite topic Tim Tebow, and I don't want to sound like a dickhead, I'm already tired of talking about Tim Tebow, but let's talk about him anyway, because everybody else is, the dude homered, went oppo on the first pitch he saw in the instructional league, but what a lot of people aren't talking about is, in six at bats, hitting a home run is the only thing he did, he went one for six. But I'm not here to shut down anybody's dream. He's already a better baseball player than Michael Jordan ever was, so there's that. So good luck to him, and I, I hope that it can end up somewhere. I think looking at him swing a baseball bat is like watching a freaking primate swing a club. Like, he's so big. It's so weird. I hope he can get into baseball shape, and he still throws a baseball like he throws a football, and it's just unorthodox. But I know he's working with a good organization, and and I, I wish the best to him. I don't want to be a dick. I'm not going to push put him down for doing what he wants to do. I don't necessarily agree with the opportunity that all these guys are grinding for, and it's just handed to him, but that's besides the point. But on a more professional and happy no, my Indians clinched the other night. And talk about adversity. These guys, what a season. What These guys have gone through it all, honestly. From They lost their best player on the team in Michael Brantley in, what, August? And he was hoping to come back by now, but he had to get season-ending surgery. And I can't imagine how he's feeling right now watching this team succeed and obviously you're happy for your boys but that's got to be tough man you he's itching to get out there and you know that but they lost Jan Gomes as well he comes back a month ago and gets injured again and then two of our starting pitchers go down Danny Salazar has mental issues apparently but he's (laughs) he's hoping to get back he pitched from the mound a couple days ago so we'll see what happens there I hope he can he can go back to pre-all-star break Danny Salazar where he was just lights out and then Carlos Carrasco probably the saddest blow to this team this year at the, the timing dude is a magnet for balls back on the mound I mean took one to the jaw last year now he breaks his freaking hand at a line drive, hit right back at him. But And then Corey Kluber leaves the game the night they clinched. 
I'm getting mixed reports that he's 100%. He's not 100%. He is going to play in the playoffs first game. But what what can we expect at this point? I mean, I hope if any team's going to come back and figure this shit out, it's the Indians. I mean, the way they've played is absolutely insane. Uh, they're so clutch, and Jose Ramirez and Francisco Lindor, these boys are for real, man. Mike Napoli, I hope by some monetary god we can pick him up next year. We'll see, but let's let's get through this postseason, and I hope it's a long and flourishing one. And back-to-back champions, can you imagine what the what this city would do? Oh my lord, I. It's going to be tough without Cookie in the rotation, but like I said, if any team can do it, it's it's the Indians. We'll see. One thing that's kind of been pissing me off about this, though, is everyone's saying, oh, you're all on the bandwagon. There's no Indians fans, blah, blah, blah. Nobody's ever at the, at the ballpark. Well, that's bullshit. It's 162 games. That's 81 home games. People have lives. I haven't been to one Indians game this year. I work too much. I don't have time. People have lives. This isn't eight games at home like the Browns. This is 81 games. This isn't 40 like the Cavs. We're all watching. Check the ratings. People care. This team isn't alone. The the two the two playoff games sold out in 45 minutes already. This this city has got it. Don't don't worry. What we need to worry about right now is getting home field advantage. And we lost the last two games against Detroit. And I don't know. At least we didn't clinch our division by losing <laughs> like the Red Sox did tonight. They lost on a Mark Teixeira Grand Slam. And boy, is that embarrassing. I, I, I can't imagine popping champagne after getting smacked in the mouth by somebody who's retiring in two weeks. But anyway, uh, a little bit of NBA talk. (sighs) We're a week away from the preseason, like I mentioned. And let me tell you what. I am so tired of seeing Steph Curry's face and listening to his shitty voice already. Preseason hasn't even started, and I'm done. I don't know how I'm going to watch SportsCenter. I don't know. I don't know. Guess what, guys? Yeah, Kevin Durant came. But Cleveland, they're the champions. Start giving a shit about us. Because I'm tired of Draymond Green. And I'm tired of Kevin Durant. And I'm tired. So tired. Oh my god. Aisha Curry, just wait. It's a long season. She's gonna... It's a whole new season full of bullshit excuses coming our way from her. My lord. Let's just skip to the freaking finals now. I mean, seriously. I love basketball, but we all know what it's going to be. It's going to be round three. The best two out of three. Let's just do it now. Knicks fans somehow think that they're going to make a freaking splash in the East. And, hey, you might win 40 games. Congratulations. But nobody's stopping the Cavs and that brings me to my next point what are you doing sign J.R. Smith just do it Shia LaBeouf just do it I'm tired of hearing about this they need it needs to happen I don't understand what what are we waiting on he give him money you have money to give you wouldn't have won game seven without this dude cutting the lead to one after halftime, there is no championship without J.R. Smith. You're paying all the rest of your players. You're paying Tristan Thompson a shit ton of money. And he's not doing what freaking J.R. Smith has done for you. And I know it's just a matter of time, but oh, something's got to give. And Mo Williams can't make up his mind. He can't. Apparently, he has, finally. In my personal opinion, we're looking for who to pick up and I say go get Norris Cole you have to it makes the most sense in my eyes 
everyone says, oh, Mario Chalmers. Yeah, well, Mario Chalmers just tore his ACL or some shit back in March. And I'm not trying to risk that. He's older, older, not old. But both of these guys have played with LeBron in Miami and Norris Cole is local. And I, I can see him flourishing in Cleveland, and that would be so great. Because let's face it, Kyrie is injury prone. I don't certainly wish anything on him, but uh, he's going to have to rest too. I mean, I just read they're cutting LeBron's minutes, which by all means, let's skate through these. I don't give a shit if we win 50 games at this point. I'm looking for the post. I don't care if we get the first seed. I don't. It doesn't matter because there's not anybody in the East that's going to stop us. The true test comes in the finals. Third bout, the triple crown. Here we go. Get ready. It's happening. And that pisses off a lot of NBA fans because feels like 30 other teams are just wasting their time. The Celtics think that they're going to make a splash too. We'll see. We'll see. But I can guarantee you that in a seven-game series, nobody's going to touch the Warriors and nobody's going to touch the Cavs. And then the real fun starts. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, so a couple side notes. A couple weeks ago, I watched this Netflix documentary called Last Chance You. That shit was great. It's basically this community college in Mississippi that takes these high school football players or players that went to college but got in trouble or what have you and basically they play for this football team who's just absolutely insane they're like Oregon Ducks of a couple years ago on steroids they they score like 98 points a game some crazy shit like that but if you've got time and you're bored and you're looking for something new to watch I, I recommend this. I think it's only like six episodes. I finished it in a pretty short amount of time, but it's great. I really like that. And some of the players have gone to successful colleges. I know, I think the one quarterback either went to, I think he went to Auburn. I think that's where he's at. I don't know. It's It's been a while. But anyway, check that out. It's called Last Chance You. And that's some good shit. Also, Conor McGregor, you either love this guy or you hate him. And either way, that dude is the face of the UFC and he's not going anywhere. And you got, you just got to love this guy. He was... Who's he facing? I don't remember. I don't, I don't give a shit who, who's facing who anymore at this point. But this dude talks the biggest game out of anybody. And he backs it up. And the last hurdle that the UFC was looking for was to get into New York City. And they finally did. And they needed Connor on this card. And he said, I run this shit. I run New York. And it's so funny. And if you haven't seen... These these two argue at their media. I'll I'll post that on my Twitter. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited. UFC comes out with some great great fights. And Stipe Miocic he just won in Cleveland and jeez, that was awesome. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this up here. I'm I'm excited, guys. This is my first attempt at this. I feel like we've got we got a lot of good topics in and I'm I'm excited for more. The sports world never dies. There's always something going on. And I'm excited to dabble in all of it and talk about things and hopefully get some fans to to reach out to me and talk about things you want to talk about, your favorite teams and stuff like that. So I started this Twitter for this to hopefully get a hold of some of you fans and or friends or whoever, however this is going to start out I don't know I don't expect I expect probably like three people to listen to this first podcast but if you do and you enjoy it spread the word it, it helps I'm still learning here I hope this 
this is good quality for you guys and I know we're a little bit over an hour here already and if you've been hanging on this long that's 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 I really appreciate that but anyway I started this Twitter and you can follow me at limitless pod and I'll follow you back uh, tweet me things you want to talk about things you want to tell me I'm a dumbass on whatever you want to do yeah um, like I said this is this is the first of many I'd like to do this weekly maybe even a couple times a week we'll see where the free time comes in I might come out with a couple short podcasts like after big games or something and maybe we'll see I mean this is this is fun man and I hope to get maybe even some of you on here I'll, I'll get you a part of this and we can talk sports and your favorite teams and your opinions on the things that I want to talk about and you want to talk about and I'm ready to grow man I'm ready to get this going see what's out there I've learned a lot these last couple weeks and I'm ready to see I'm ready to see what where this will take me and I know it's a process I'm not expecting success tomorrow a month from now or even a year from now I'm just doing this because it's what I want to do it's what I want to talk about it's what I'm passionate about and I hope that I can share that with some of you and I hope that I can meet new people through this and through sports because sports are great they're important and I'm not here to sound preachy but if you're listening to this an hour in I know you give a shit about sports so yeah hit me up at, at on Twitter at Limitless Pod, and we'll see what happens from there. I really appreciate you. Oh my God, here I am, an hour in and I can't speak. <clears throat> I really appreciate you guys for hanging in this long. Um, we'll see what happens. All right, take it easy, guys. 